By the time you hear this podcast, you'll learn that maybe if you want to make it big as a musician, you may not need the radio or for that matter, not even your own songs. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 50. Wow. The same number of buttons on Steve Harvey's suit. (laughs) He's, yeah, I could see that. And he still wears them, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like those suits were cool back in the, you ever see that picture where they're comparing like the 2003 draft? And like the 2000 whatever draft this is now. Like the 16 or 17 draft. Yeah. yeah. And like the suits are slimmer with fewer buttons. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, it looks like a bunch of Steve Harveys. <laughs> like he's stuck in 2002, 2003. He's stuck. He won't come out. What's <laughs> um, also funny is that, is that um, I think I've heard some radio hosts talk about this. Like you miss where the draftees had their own... Um, to where they like just went and got a suit. Yeah. They didn't have stylists. Ah, uh, yes, they. So yeah. we don't we don't get to see the the Jalen Rose fire engine red pinstripe suits anymore. <laughs> yeah, because I mean it's like <laughs> now it's just it used to be just like hey here's some money your agent gives you some money go buy a suit. <laughs> that's that's how that's all it is like now it's just like 
we're going to have someone come and custom fit you for a suit. You're not dressing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> because someone would probably show up in a fire engine red suit again, which I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm down with, but yeah. I would, I would want to see that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or that, um, that combination. Remember Samaki Walker? What did he wear? He had like, it was all, like all beige and he had, instead of a, like a button down shirt, it was like a, um, kind of like a tunic shirt. Oh, the ones without a collar? Yeah. Yeah. And then he had a matching hat with it, a matching fedora. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. They sell those shirts at H&M, and I still don't believe people buy them. Some people do, uh, especially if they're linen. That uh, means they're bougie. That's tacky. I'm sorry, that's just tacky. This dude comes... Well, you know, I'm not going to say that because he might listen. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so anyway... um, this is not a fashion podcast, as mm-hmm. it almost turned into. Uh, but thank you for um, listening. You're now listening to the By the Time You Hear This podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone who has downloaded and listened so far through the previous 49 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing this for for over a year now. Doesn't feel like it. It doesn't. No. It really doesn't. Um, but uh, on our 50th episode... I was trying to think if we should have something special for it, but I would just give you just an, another interesting topic yeah. instead. Interesting to us, you know. Yeah, Hopefully well, it's yeah. interesting to you, but yeah. definitely interesting to us, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, thank you for listening and downloading uh, so far. If you want to tell the people, tell your other, tell your friends, tell your other podcast heads who are into the independent podcast thing where they can find us. You can find us in a variety of ways. Uh, you can uh, first, we would refer you to our website. By the time you hear this, dot com. <laughs> Still no copyright claim, so we'll keep doing that. Uh, <laughs> um, so on our website, you can see our episodes, links, and videos to uh, topics we have talked about. Um, and that is by the time you hear this dot com spelled with the word you. There's also the same spelling for our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Uh, if you want to get with us on social media, we are on Instagram. Well, of course, Facebook, as we mentioned, but on Instagram, by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U, because we're upstanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, where you can send us your um your questions, your comments, show ideas. If you're an independent artist and you want to share your music with us, you can do so. And we will play it and discuss it at no extra charge. Uh, and uh, as far as the platforms or where you can listen to us, uh, we're on Podomatic. We're also on Apple podcast, AKA iTunes. We're also on, I'm going to pull up the notes again, cause I'm <laughs> cheating. Uh, cast box, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and Google Play. And as of an email I received actually a few weeks ago, but um, I didn't see it, we are also on Auto Radio, O-T-T-O Radio. Okay. Uh, it's another uh, podcast platform, and uh, I was sent an email to where we were verified and approved to be on their platform. So yay, yay. shout out to Auto Radio, and that will be also included in the show notes. Um, you can use any of those apps and search for us and find our podcast there. All right. So let's get into the show here. Uh, we'll first dec- discuss the Billboard 
charts. Uh, number one is still yeah, it's, it's for the tenth <laughs> week. Despacito. I don't. I don't see it slowing down. Like I'm looking right now, and I don't think anyone's released anything that's going to be hot enough to stop it right now. No, uh, maybe maybe uh, DJ Khaled, Rihanna, Bryson Taylor, maybe Wild Thoughts will make a run. I mean, it's already in the top five, but mm-hmm. maybe it will make a run uh, later in the summer. But right now, Despacito continues to rule. This is the summer of Luis Fonsi, and I would not be surprised if he we see an English. Like, strike while the iron's hot. I would not yeah. be surprised if we see an English language debut. Well, I guess the thing with that, though, is why? Why do an English version? Because it's like... Well, not of this song, just an English album, period. Well, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Because what kind of pushed over the edge was Justin Bieber. Right. Singing a verse in English. So I, I would not be surprised if they're like, dude, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a, not an English version of this song. Because that, no, that reminded no, no. me of... Um, uh, with a cup of life, remember you no, no. do that with a cup of life? Well, that was always in, that was that in English. Yeah. Um, remember a '99 Luft Balloons? Yeah. Oh God, I didn't like that English version of it. The German version was the hit around yeah. the world, and then she did an English version. It was like, eh, okay. Mm. I mean, it's the same song, but just with English lyrics. Yeah. But everyone was like, felt bummed out about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, you don't have to do an English version of the song. Um, but yeah, still number one, ten weeks. Number two, I'm the one, DJ Khaled featuring Justin Bieber, Quavo, Chance the Rapper, and Lil Wayne. Number three, That's What I Like, Bruno Mars. Number four, Wild Thoughts, DJ Khaled, Rihanna, and Bryson Tiller. Number five, Shape of You, Ed Sheeran, the most influential artist in black music. I'm sorry, I referred to DJ Khaled as the Nick Fury of the music <laughs> industry. Uh, number six, Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Number seven, Believer by Imagine Dragons. Number eight, Body Like a Back Road by Sam Hunt. Number nine, Congratulations by Post Malone featuring Quavo. And number 10, Unforgettable by French Montana featuring Sway Lee. Mm. So, uh, some new entries in, uh, well, number eight and number 13 are new <laughs> to the top 10. Sam Hunt, I think he, I remember Sorry, correctly, eight and 10 are new. he played football at UAB. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what he thought about their program getting canceled and then... And then it's come back. Come back. <laughs> uh, I think he would be a supporter of it, maybe. I would hope so. I would hope so. But you never know. All right, so uh, the Billboard 200, these are the albums as far as what they're doing. Uh, number one, Second Week in a Road, Grateful by DJ Khaled. Mm-hmm. Uh, number... Well, with one of the most famous babies in the world. Well, he was famous last week. He's probably fallen to the number two most famous baby in the world. Yeah. <laughs> now that, um, those or number three, if they if they are counted separately, the twins who shall not be named. <laughs> um, number two, debuting at number two, Funk Wave bounces volume one, Calvin Harris. Number three, Dan by Kendrick Lamar. Number four, Evolve by Imagine Dragons. Number five, Divide by the Most Influential Artist in Black Music. <laughs> Number six, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music by Two Chains. Number seven, 24 Karat Magic, Bruno Mars. Number eight, debuting at number eight, Hydrograd by Stone Sour. Number nine, More Life by Drake. And number 10, The Moana Soundtrack. And uh, just for just for kicks, uh, Where is Katy Perry's Witness? This week, 
up from number 34 to number 30. <laughs> I mean, I know I shouldn't joke. She's she's done more than I have, but, you know, for Katy Perry standards, this is a very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that is the 200, the Billboard 200 and, of course, the Artist 100. Number one for the Artist 100. Of course, we'll give you the the breakdown. This is radio airplay plus sales data plus streaming data plus social 50 activity. Number one is Bruno Mars. Wow. Um, Did he release a single? Uh, No. (laughs) Um, But I think there was another there was there was some movement uh, after we recorded our last episode. Hmm. There was they would release the new updated charts, so it was actually number three uh, after our last episode. Okay, um, but he's back to number one. Number two, Ed Sheeran. Number three, DJ Khaled. Number four, who was number one last last week after our recording, was Imagine Dragons. Yeah, uh, because they released an album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number five, Kendrick Lamar. Number six, Justin Bieber. Number seven, Sean Mendez. Number eight, Calvin Harris. He released an album as well. He released an album. Yeah. <laughs> number nine, Drake. And number 10, Charlie Puth. So it did not work for Stone Sour. They were unranked. Well, I guess it kind of. They were unranked, and now they're 13. So, yeah. That's how you do it, though. Release an album. Make our chart. You'll move up, mm-hmm. most definitely. So uh, those are the charts, and uh, let's get into a couple of stories here. Well, uh, Aaron Carter, uh, ever since he beat Shaq, yeah, it, it, everything else has just been a letdown, man. I well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He there. He's from Orlando. Yeah, he's from Florida. Some might say he's doing well. That's just how Florida. Is. Florida's a different type of person. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Aaron Carter has been arrested for on charges of driving under the influence and possession of marijuana. And this happened in our neck of the woods, uh, Habersham County. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Habersham. <laughs> um, he was arrested on the 15th alongside his girlfriend, who was the passenger uh, he had been arrested on charges of possession of less than one ounce of marijuana and drug-related objects, which probably means a bong. Yeah. Um, they used call that paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> as well as a DUI refusal, so he refused to take the sobriety test. So is his Madison Parker, is she someone that we should care about? Is she like a celebrity or something? Or? I don't know. Okay. I've it just, it just mentioned the article I have. It just mentioned her name. Yeah. I'm not sure who she is. Um so, uh, yeah, he refused the breathalyzer test, and then that's when he was arrested. He was due to appear at a concert with Flo Rida in Kansas City. He was off by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he must have been drunk. Like he was headed to South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, or North hmm. Carolina, closer to North Carolina. If he's going through Habersham, maybe he's catching a flight. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so, uh, hours before his arrest, the singer tweeted, he would no longer be at the concert due to transportation issues. Um, 
His girlfriend corroborated this and tweeted her frustration over the problems they were experiencing with their rental car. What? Uh, so, <laughs> so they're saying it was an issue with the rental car. Okay. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> rather than the, uh, uh, drugs. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a, a bit of a difficult year for him. Uh, the Carter, his father died in May. Um, he was hospitalized for exhaustion in June. And apparently there's been some weight issues. He's unable to gain weight due, due to a hernia, oh, which has given him an eating disorder, which may explain, um, why he looks so skinny. Yeah. looks very thin. Yeah. Um, also in the new, according to, um, there was some, uh, well, after, after, after the arrest, uh, Aaron Carter's older brother, Nick Carter, who you may know from the Backstreet Boys, took to Twitter and said to my brother, I know I love you no matter what. And if you feel the need to reach for help, I am here and willing to help you get better. Mm. Sounds pretty benign, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's got to kind of got to kind of suck to have all of that out in there in public, you know? Well, then it wasn't very benign to Aaron. What did Aaron say? Oh, you got to be kidding me. What did he say? Um, he said, if my own blood truly cared about my well-being, why wouldn't he call me directly and have a conversation instead of making this about him through a, a very public forum? That's not cool at all to use me for his PR and kick me while I am down. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um... Yeah, so uh, some things going on. There. I, look, I, the thing that surprises me is not the arrest, but that he had a he had a show that he had to miss. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it was Flowrider. He made Birmingham, so so he's able to make the next one. Yeah. Okay, so okay, but still, he had a show to go to, and Flowrider of of all people. Yeah, what does Aaron Carter? What is his set? I want to know what's his set list. Um, how I beat Shaq, Aaron's party, come get it. His new single, and then he does an encore of How I Beat Shaq. <laughs> he comes well, out, does that again. <laughs> in both of these articles, I have found they keep referencing him with for I Want Candy. So his his cover of I Want Candy. Let's see. Has got to be part of the set. See if list. I can find an Aaron Carter set list. <laughs> Signed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just imagine some fan with the set list of like, oh, my God, guess what I found? And it's an Aaron Carter set list. Oh, snap. Hold on. Is there really? <laughs> there's really a set list? I what mean, there's got to be one of these, you know, doing live shows. Setlist.fm. I've never heard of this website before. There might be a streaming website. Yeah, that's what it kind of looks like. Hold on. Let me see. I'm going to I'm going to die if there's a. Oh, it says, sorry, there are no songs for this. Oh, this is July 1st, 2017. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll go back a little bit further to see if maybe... Um, we'll go to May 20th of 2017 to see if there's a set list here. I don't know. It's taken a while. Maybe there's a really big set list. <laughs> oh, hold on. Here's, here's one. Here's one for... Um, 
it had stuff loaded. This is at the Fort Wayne Music Festival. Okay. Uh, May 11th, 2017. Um, I've never heard of some of these songs before, but let's see. Oh, he does some covers. Okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I think some of these might be covers, but I'm not sure. So the first song is a medley, another earthquake, not too young, not too old. And then that's how I beat Shaq. So he kind of he goes to his uh, his showstopper early. <laughs> number two, to all the girls, don't know that song. Uh, number three, do you remember? Number four, fool's gold, which I don't know if that might be a cover fits in the tantrum. So I, I don't know. Um, and then number five, let me let you. Number mm. six, almost dead. Some people might see pictures of him and think that right now. Number seven, Dearly Departed. Number eight, Same Way. Number nine, Bad to Good. Um, okay, so that's he's not, so he did songs from... He has an EP. Okay. An EP that came out Are some of these songs from that EP? Year. Yeah. Okay. Um, then he does um, another medley at number 10 here. 24 Karat Magic. Okay. That's cover. what I like. And Get Lucky. So some Bruno Mars and Daft Punk. Yeah. Um, then number eleven, yeah. I want candy, and it says in parentheses remix. So he did. He did release a. Um, I don't know if it's on here, but there was a. I did hear there was a remix to I Want Candy. And then, um, for the closer, uh, a song called Sooner or Later. That is from the EP. Okay. Which is actually his most played song on Spotify. Okay, so that's his showstopper now. Um. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's his, uh, oh, he went to, he played at the Augusta Commons in Augusta. Okay. Where's that? Is that a, is that a happening? I, I'm not familiar with the Augusta Commons. I haven't been back in a while. You need to call somebody so they can fill a set list in because it's missing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Please contact us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Uh, with the set list from Aaron Carter's Augusta Commons Bo- show. Bonus points if you have like his actual written out set list. Because for some reason yeah. I just want to assume that Aaron Carter has written out set lists. <laughs> <laughs> or it's at least typed so the piece of paper will be you know taped to the floor. Yeah. Um, that his band can refer to. Or if he has a DJ, depending on the budget. It says here that the, his most played songs... Number one, that's how I beat Shaq. Aaron's party, come and get it. My first ride. Another earthquake, and then America AQ or America AO. I've never heard of some of these songs. I wonder if like this goes back to like when he was still performing before this EP, and he had to go out there and be like, I just like honestly, he did Aaron's party at like what when he was like twelve. Aaron's party is from two thousand. And he's yeah, 29. so he was twelve. He's twenty nine right now, so that was seventeen years ago. I would hate to have to get up there and do that song. That'd be one of those like, do I have to? <laughs> it's like, all right, guys. Or has me. he like rewritten the lyrics so there'll be more about meth and stuff? Eric's <laughs> <laughs> party, come get it! Like he's got the MDMA and the weed and the, and the X. Um. All right, let's just this is. I could totally see that now. I'm gonna have to search later for Aaron's party on YouTube, like the 2017 <laughs> version. 
where he's probably <laughs> popping pills like that's that's the um, kind of get it. <laughs> but right. we hope that you're okay, Aaron Carter. We hope that you're okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're still getting work, so yeah. um, more than your brother. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. technically, no. Oh, is, are they touring again? Wait, isn't isn't Backstreet Boys on tour with like um, Paula Abdul, oh, or is that they? New Kids on the Block? I don't know. I get them mixed up nowadays. Let's see. I know it was like Paula Abdul, somebody, and New Kids on the Block, but I thought that other act might have been the Backstreet Boys, or it might be Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a cover of them singing Despacito, so uh, they're trying to get in on that now, you know. Well, if they're doing it live, then it, like it's, I know there's like a karaoke license. If yeah. you get a karaoke license, then whoever is performing the concert can do whatever cover they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see if they're touring. Yeah, they're they're touring. They're doing a 25th anniversary world tour. Okay, look out for that. All right, so um, someone more. Uh, well, I guess you could say more current, but yeah. doesn't have the the track record even though his lack of track record did not stop him. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, So we talked about on our last episode that See You Again is now the most played video on YouTube with over 3 billion views. Uh, A story that came out about uh, about that, well, you know, along with that is Charlie Puth, uh, an artist on the song, uh, a writer of the song, was almost not even on the song at all. Um, so uh, he had to um, he had to pretty really put his foot down so that he would be included in the song's video after it had been recorded. And um, he told this to Billboard. He said, Furious 7 movie executives commissioned rapper Wiz Khalifa to come up with the song for the film. And he worked with Puth and DJ Frank E to create the hit. The studio chiefs love the emotionally charged track, which would serve as a tribute to the late Paul Walker at the end of the movie. But they didn't want a young unknown to even sing on it, even though Puth co-wrote it. Mm-hmm. And he says, I wasn't supposed to be in the video and I wasn't supposed to be on the song. I was only supposed to be a writer on the song. I was a brand new artist. I wasn't cool enough to be part of the franchise yet. I wasn't big enough, but I proved everybody who was closed minded wrong. Which is crazy. Like it goes on to be one of the biggest songs of all time. Like who? <laughs> like did someone lose a job over that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll never forget. I ended up calling them from around this big conference table on the phone. They were explaining the reasons why it was going to be sung by this artist and blah blah blah. I said, "That's great. Your movie comes out in a week, and I'm not going to give you the song." And I hung up the phone. And when I said that, miraculously, I was in the music video. <laughs> so that's baller. Like, that's yeah. really baller. <laughs> I want to know who is going to sing it because he says, I'm not going to name any names. Yeah. So who? Who are they going to try to get to sing this song? I think, honestly, Justin Timberlake. If not Timberlake, um, probably one of... Uh, Who's who's the solo Jonas brother right now? Nick Jonas. Nick. Oh, it probably would have been someone like Nick Jonas. I could see a Nick Jonas on this. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, it kind of all of his music kind of sounds like it was written for Nick Jonas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to give Nick Jonas a song. <laughs> I could totally hear Nick Jonas doing this. Yeah, I could hear that. I think it was going to be somebody like that. Uh, maybe Bieber. 
maybe. Maybe. I could. I if could he was available. Be. If he was available, he pro- it probably would have been Bieber. His profile, though, like, because this was before. Um, I forget yeah, this the was 2015. Was yeah, this was before that album. So maybe his profile wasn't high enough. People still kind of hated Justin Bieber. They thought he was a D-bag. And I don't know. Why are we just naming, like, the... The, the white pop male artist right now <laughs> because they weren't going to give it to I, I, I can't even think of it they weren't Jason gonna, Derulo they were going to give it to Chris Brown or Jason Derulo Chris Brown's too hard for this Jeremiah well he's Jeremiah can't sing no <laughs> they're like uh, too much auto tune no <laughs> um, but yeah it this is definitely um, this was this was a clutch move by Charlie Puth. He's like, no, I'm, I wrote this song. I'm mm-hmm. I'm in this video. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been the return of Tao Cruz. Just th- just saying. Just it had been a few years though. At that point, <laughs> that's what the last is. time we heard from Tao Cruz, that's his return. Like introducing Tao or reintroducing <laughs> Tao. Cruz. How about Aloe Black then? At that point, oh, Aloe Black on here with with Wiz Khalifa, but they didn't have to get like a real rapper. Then I could see like Aloe Black featuring Wale. Then Wale probably would have done it. Well, yeah, then Wale had passed on it. <laughs> um, well, I think that even makes. Do you think Wale even further regrets passing on this song now I that would. like? Like he already regretted it. Yeah. He already regrets it. It was like, okay, the guy who Kuko wrote the song had to fight to be on there. Mm-hmm. And they put him on there. Like I wonder like what Wale's reaction would be to that. It's probably like he fought to be on here and I fought to not. Like, <laughs> I fought to not be on there. <laughs> like it's just like why didn't he I don't know, like he could have blown up. He I think he really like he's yeah. cuz as much as I like Wiz Khalifa, he's a better rapper than Wiz Khalifa. And I think he would have like really launched from this, but hey, you know, that's it's on him, you know. Yeah, uh, but shout out to Charlie Puth for uh, yeah. for uh, sticking it to the man. Mm-hmm. All right, um, and this story came out like in the last few hours. It feels like yeah, <laughs> but um, R. Kelly is um, facing some allegations and accusations that he is holding women against their will in what is considered a sex cult, uh, according to the parents of these women, uh, which they have told police. Um, And three former members of R. Kelly's inner circle has told BuzzFeed similar stories. Um, So I know we just did an episode on R. Kelly to where, you know, we we tried to separate the scandal from the his music. Yeah. Uh, with this kind of story, this is, this is totally different yeah. than, uh, it's totally different than his, than from what we knew at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't make it any, it's not any worse or any better, but I guess because it was so cloudy, Involving like anything involving you know the the sex tape or his relationship with Aaliyah. Um, with this, if the parents of the alleged victims are speaking to police, and even those who were close to R. Kelly are telling news outlets this story, mm-hmm. um, 
it kind of it can change someone's perspective on R. Kelly as far as who he is as a person. But can you view him differently as a person, but then still enjoy his music? I mean, it's kind of like the same thing, how people feel about a Chris Brown Mm -hmm. or kind of in a northern realm, but still entertainment about Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. Um, So. okay, so. um, Yeah, so with this story that's on BuzzFeed. It says uh, it starts backstage at the Fantasy Springs Resorts Casino in Indio, California, on May 23rd, 2015. Jay was thrilled that her 19 year old daughter. Her music career was going to make a major leap forward from recording demos and performing at talent shows to the chance of stardom. Thanks to the help of an R&B superstar. When we go, when we got to go backstage with R. Kelly, we stayed there over two hours, one on one, just me and my daughter and him. We went back to talk about the music. He listened to her CD. He said he was going to help her with her CD. I was really impressed with him at first because I've always been an R. Kelly fan. Uh, R. Kelly, who is 50 years old, met her daughter backstage at a concert in Atlanta earlier that month. Soon enough, he invited her to fly out to Indio concert on his dime. And uh, this is the mother saying that she'd heard about past sexual misconduct accusations, but wasn't overly worried. She's a fiercely devoted stage mom. She and her husband of 22 years had moved from Memphis to Atlanta to help their eldest child's career and was confident she could protect her daughter. Mm. So even from there, uh, he he tricked the stage moms, (laughs) even the, you know, the the most I think with stage moms, it it has a bad connotation because maybe they could seem overly aggressive. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all trying to get their child to the best possible situation that next level <laughs> but even but the thing that you got to give stage moms credit for is being aware of just having a high sense of awareness as far as the situation doesn't seem right or you know i feel more comfortable about this person than this person so with someone dealing with an r kelly hey if he didn't do what he said he did he's been this productive he's been this prolific as an artist, uh, he can help other artists, and he's proven to do that. Mm-hmm. Even though there are quest, there are even questions there. Yeah. Um. So, uh, according to, I was watching um, to kind of give you the the brief synopsis of what of what I found. Uh, watched uh, from from All Def Digital <laughs> on the uh, their segment called The Drop, where they talked about it to where it was women between the ages of 18 and 26. Mm. So Uh, kind of in his wheelhouse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, To where he, he monitors their phone usage as far as who they call or text uh, or what they post on social media. They had to dress a certain way so they wouldn't reveal anything like they wore like track suits. Um, Whenever they were around, and they were in the presence of other men, he would make them turn and face the wall. The hell? Okay. Yeah, that that does sound like that might be some form of brainwashing or something. Um what if what have you found it? I know you you know, we're kind of just yeah. uncovering this all at well, once, but so just scanning through here, I'm I'm seeing here and apparently I didn't know he had a house in Atlanta in Duluth. Mm-hmm. Um according to Mac Jones and McGee, these are people, women living in Kelly's Duluth, Georgia guest house um, or his Chicago recording studio last summer 
um, included a 31-year-old den mother who trained newcomers on how Kelly liked to be pleasured sexually. She had been best friends since high school with the girl in the videotape for which Kelly was tried, you know, in 2008, the, the, the infamous video. Um, she recently parted ways with Kelly, um, the sources say. Um, then there's a 25-year-old woman who had been a part of Kelly's scene for seven years, a recent arrival, a 19-year-old model who had been photographed in public with him and named on music and gossip websites, and then an online songwriter who began a relationship with Kelly around 2009 when she was 19, now 26, and then an 18-year-old singer from Polk County. Like he's, And he calls this girl his favorite, his number one girl. Like that's a little, I don't know, man. <laughs> There's a um, well, as I mentioned, there were three former members of Kelly's inner circle uh, that provided some details, and uh, yeah, six women um, lived in properties rented in Chicago and in Atlanta, so it's probably around the, at the around the Duluth area, like you said. Uh, what they ate, how they dressed, when they bathed, when they sleep, and how they engage in sexual encounters. He records, and in the all deaf digital video, they said that. He would he would record the sexual encounters and then show his friends. Um, and uh, with a woman that was, uh, um, I guess, the first part of this BuzzFeed article, it said the last time that she saw her daughter was December 1st, 2016. And um, it was as if she was brainwashed. She looked like a prisoner. It was horrible. I hugged her and hugged her, but she just kept saying she's in love and Kelly is the one who cares for her. I don't know what to do. I hope that if I can get her back, I can get her treatment for victims of cults. They can reprogram her, but I wish I could have stopped it from happening. Mm. And her and her husband said they have only heard from their daughter twice since they last saw her. They got a one sentence text from her on Christmas day that said, I hate Christmas has to be this way this year. And then uh, she received another text on Mother's Day that said, Happy Mother's Day from me and Rob. Mm. Those are two text messages she has got from her daughter in the last eight months. This is like this because I like R. Kelly. I don't want him to be doing this. Um, and so it makes me wonder how long, you know, like maybe, you know, we should have been a little bit more serious when the other video came out yeah like what if he's been doing this for a while and she was you know a part of it you know yeah um, uh, another um, the women in Kelly's entourage initially think this is our Kelly I'm going to live a lavish lifestyle this is what uh, what's her name Cheryl Cheryl Mack said um, who was his personal assistant for a year and a half and remained in touch with some of the other people uh, that worked for him. Um, she says, no, you have to ask for food. You have to ask to use the bathroom. Kelly is a master at mind control. He is a puppet master. Mm. Um, okay. So you mentioned the den mother, a uh, 25 year old woman. Okay. Who's been with him uh, for seven years. Someone who's uh, photographed with him. A songwriter who was working with him. His number one girl. Wow. Yeah. 18 year old. This man is 50. Man, it's 50. What's wrong with you? And says, and all of the women of Kelly's inner circle are of legal age. The age of consent is 17 in Illinois and 16 in Georgia. Um, 
this just yeah of course a lot of this we're still kind of digesting because it is so new um but (laughs) uh, it says for two decades kelly has been accused of of a similar pattern of mistreating women um you know, people can will bring up the what you know. Like I said, the details about Aaliyah are pretty cloudy. Yeah, and what happened with that girl, with the fourteen-year-old girl, yeah, to where I there was a she tape. She was fourteen, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, even though he was acquitted of those charges, it, you know, it's kind of like you see the evidence of something right in front of you, but because of of loopholes or, or anything that any gaps in any, mm-hmm. in any place in that kind of case can lead to, so it can lead to an acquittal. Yeah. Um, so those have just remained part of his career as far as like gossip or punchlines, mm-hmm. you know, not anything that he could, uh, get into any real trouble over. So it stayed that way instead of, it derailing his career. Like he could, he's not exactly Jerry Lee Lewis no. in that regard, as far as it affecting his career. Um, and, uh, major record companies, it says major record companies, television shows and other stars continue to work with him. Lady Gaga worked with him. Yeah. Lil Wayne, Ty Dolla Sign, Juicy J. Uh, he was on the Jimmy Fallon last year. He was in a uh, campaign for Alexander Wang, so in fashion, you know. Uh, so, why is he recording this stuff? Like, why does he keep? Not that I'm saying like you know, don't do it to get away with it, but like this, eh, like that kind of shows another part of him too. Like he's recording. It's it, a, right? um, I don't know. It's just one of those sociopathic behaviors. Yeah. I mean, he's he keeps record of these things for his own entertainment, and one tape got out. Yeah. Um, and it's a source of entertainment for him. And, you know, he feels that he can show his friends these yeah. encounters, you know, uh, people who make sex tapes do it for different reasons. And then of his friends who, you know, I, I would like to think that maybe what is one of his friends that, you know, that, you know, leaked the tape anonymously to, you know, get him caught. But like, they cool with this? Are they just like, yeah, yeah, Robert, bring more when you get them? Like, <laughs> well, maybe they maybe they signed an NDA, yeah. or maybe he was he's if they if they're in his inner circle, maybe he gives them money, and if they do something to change that, then it's going to affect it's going to affect their livelihood possibly. Yeah. So, um, because that's just weird. Yeah. It just seems like, I mean, like an NDA. Can you even enforce an NDA if if you're whistleblowing on illegal activities or I, I, I don't know how that works. Huh. I don't know. Um, there was an instance shows here that, uh, the, with the same woman who had met Kelly, her and her daughter met R Kelly backstage. Um, in June, 2015, uh, their daughter lied to them about taking a weekend trip to visit a Georgia university. Instead, uh, Mac, his former assistant, arranged for her to fly to Oklahoma City, where Kelly was performing. After the show, she had sex with Kelly for the first time. She later told her parents and at least two friends, including a record producer who goes by the stage name Tone. 
tone recalled her saying the the girl uh, saying that she was frustrated with Kelly. She thought every time she tried to bring up her music career, Kelly changed the topic to sex and she wanted proof. So tone and the woman decided to secretly record a phone conversation between her and Kelly. Buzzfeed news was later given a copy of that recording on the tape. It's not just what Kelly said that shows his pattern of behavior with the women close to him. It's how he said it, which is immediately clear from listening to the audio. He said, I miss my baby uh, before asking her what she was wearing. After she replied, he told her, I want to get you in the habit of telling me what color panties you got on every day. Hmm. Um, well, she tried to turn the conversation to a song she was working on. However, Kelly seemed less engaged. And there is audio of this uh, on the article. So we'll play that. See how that goes. You know, um, you know that song, Don't Hold Back? That my song. Uh-huh. It kinda got like if you if you really hear it, um, it kinda got like the kinda like got a little remix to of uh, the um uh, half on a baby a little bit. Uh-huh. Did, did you notice that? Oh, I felt that all the way. Huh? I noticed I noticed that all the way, all right off. <laughs> okay. And there's another clip. I'm even more interested in developing you. Songs are not an issue. You can always do a hit song. You can always do a great song. That's good. You're right. So, um, it wasn't really about uh, developing her as an artist. It was more about... Um, what he could do to control her possibly. I mean, that's how it can look. Like I said, we, I, it, it looks bad, but if you want to, if you want him to take any, have any legal consequence for this, mm-hmm. there has to be more, there has to be more proof or, or something. It has to appear to be kidnapped because basically all we have is somebody's word. And, uh, Based on how things have been going um, today, uh, despite certain evidence, someone was elected president of our country um, and they still have that job as of right now, despite other kinds of evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's a that's a a different um, a different industry. Well, kind of. It's kind of still entertainment if you ask the president, but, um, you know, there's got to be more to this. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound crude about it, but this looks bad. Yes, it looks bad. But if you are trying to, if you're trying to stop him, yeah, you need a little bit more, you than need that. more than that. Um, cause I mean, just yeah. think about it. he, had a tape of him having sex with a 14 year old girl and he got off. You need more. (laughs) You need more. There was a tape. There was a tape. There was a real tape that the jurors watched and that wasn't enough. Yeah. So you need a little bit more. This ain't the Ray Rice case. (laughs) Um, The girl also enrolled in classes at Georgia Gwinnett. (laughs) She's at Georgia Gwinnett college. Yeah. When I saw that kind of made me giggle when I saw that. Um, so, uh, the roommate did not believe that her, that the girl knew R Kelly, but then she would put him on speakerphone during their conversations. 
Um, so, like, this this makes me wonder then too, how far, <laughs> how far will people go to be you know to be next to a celebrity? You know, um, this almost makes me think of. There's a website called Tag the Sponsor. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but um, one thing it talks about a lot are the women, the, the Instagram models that you see on Instagram yeah. and what they go through to live these lavish lives that they live. Um, you know, many of them going over to the Middle East and being, um, I'm not going to say what happens to them, but really gross stuff happens to them. But they're paid handsomely for it. You know, like it's these like, you know, really rich oil barons or, or Arabian shahs or whatever. I feel like I was just talking about this too. Okay, was he, okay? I think I was talking to um, to Dion about this about the uh, yeah about people going on these women going on these trips mm-hmm. with these Middle Eastern royalty mm-hmm. and getting a lot of money for it, but like really what, what do they happens. yeah what do they have to do yeah. to to do that? And it's just like, is it that important? To be, to have, you know, money, to have wealth, to have, you know, to to not have to work, to have an easy life. Same thing here. Like, is it worth it? Like, because now we're saying like, oh, I know R. Kelly. No, you don't. I put him on speakerphone and like you talk to him and but he's really gross to me. Like, he's not trying to make me a star. And at this point, maybe they realize he's not trying to make them a star, but I still get to hang around, you know, an R&B legend like R. Kelly. Like, is, is this what it's kind of come to? Because, like, yeah. these are young girls. Granted, we know that's what R. Kelly's into. But these are young girls. And, like, young younger people nowadays have such a different view of... I don't want to say what is right and decent. Because if, like, you're cool with all of that stuff, then go ahead. That's awesome. But, like, the lengths that they're willing to go through to have a comfortable life, it's different. Yeah. Um there's also an incident here. It says uh, the the roommate of this girl mm-hmm. also recalled the woman telling her that one time Kelly sent a cab to pick up the women at his guest house and bring them to a club where he would meet them. The girl told her roommate that she laughed when the cab driver told a joke. And one of the other women in the cab texted Kelly to report this violation of his rules. Yeah, no, he he hit a girl outside of a subway for getting too friendly with the male cashier. Put her up against the um the tree and and hit her. Like mm. what? So yeah, that that does sound a little disturbing. Um so uh so the girl who was at who was at Georgia Gwinnett, she is no longer at the school or no longer in good standing at the school. Broken off all contact with their mother and father skipping class calls were going to voicemail uh r kelly gave her a new phone to where she had to ask permission to use it in certain ways either to text certain people or call certain people um and apparently she broke one of his rules by texting her parents and saying she was fine that was a violation of his rules um the parents filed a missing persons report uh, and uh, but said when an investigator called the parents and learned that they knew that their daughter was with Kelly in his in his Atlanta home, they didn't take any action uh, because she's technically not missing and she is of legal age. Yeah. So you gotta feel helpless. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, this looks, it, it looks, uh, bleak. It looks really bad. Um, but it's going to take more than this article and, and these phone calls being recorded. I mean, if you, I'm just comparing that to the last time he was in legal trouble like this, mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot to, you know, make this be a kidnapping charge or running, a I don't know what running a cult really is as far as the law goes, technically, like, is that kidnapping or is that some kind of, uh, running some kind of illegal enterprise, something to that effect, but mm-hmm. it's going to take, it's going to take more. So while this, yeah, it looks bad, but you need more on a more uh, positive note, his rental houses are very nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're very nice. Yeah. I wonder how much he's paying a month for that. I'm in the market. So, Yeah, this is all. Yeah, I did not know he lived in Atlanta, though. Yeah, apparently he has a couple of houses here. I feel like if you're looking at the you're looking at the BuzzFeed article. Yeah, the one on the right. I feel like I've driven past that house. Probably. Um. So yeah. Um. It looks bad, but you need more. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's try to turn this show around. Um, so, Ben, <laughs> why don't you tell us about your earworm of the week? I'm going with uh, Overdose by Ciara. Should have been a single. Um, I still maintain that this is the best song of her career and would have taken off. Her record label was dumb for not sending, sending this to the pop stations. Um, yeah, I think this would have been huge had like a Selena Gomez done it. But I, th- I still think it could have been big if she did it. But yeah, it's called Overdose. All right, so this is Overdose by Sierra from her self-titled album from 2013, and we will be right back. Let me fall, let me fall, baby, let me drown, yeah. 
Underneath that is Overdose by Sierra from her self-titled album back in 2013. It sounds like it could have been a, it should have been a single. Yeah, yeah I um, I heard it randomly. Um, me and Kendra were going up to the mountains or something, and she started playing this because it it came. So they sent it to Urban Stations, which was uh, totally the wrong move. It's that's totally pop song. Yeah, and so it didn't it didn't you know yeah. take well. And I, was, I remember listening and instantly being like, this should be a hit. I was like, how have I never heard this song? She was like, I don't know. I hear it all the time because <laughs> it would come on the heat. If you have Sirius XM and you're familiar with the heat, um, it would come on the heat all the time, which like the heat is nothing but hip hop and R&B. And I, I, I guess they're like, oh, it's Ciara. It'll it'll fit. No, it did not. <laughs> like, this was totally a pop song. And so since they didn't send it to pop stations. And I guess these are some of the rules they have. Since they didn't send it to pop stations, it could not qualify as a pop song, a pop single. So it never got to pop radio. And just didn't, just yeah. nothing happened. But like fans love it. Like fans are like, make it a single, make it a single. And the record company, they're like, they made a big mistake not doing that. It's too late, though. <laughs> yeah. She's had another album since then. <laughs> and a baby. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, with our our main topic tonight uh, was going to uh, we played we started off with Boyce Avenue. Uh, if you're not familiar with Boyce Avenue, then I assume you don't have a YouTube account. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really, one of the um, could you say they're the most successful cover band ever? <laughs> Which is uh, no knock against them. You, know? I, you you could say that. I'm not going to um, knock their hustle. Well, unless. You know, uh, unless you want to consider uh, Government Mule or the Humphrey McGee's or. Uh, maybe, maybe. I can't remember. I know there's someone else out there, not Fish, but like another band that like does a lot of covers yeah. for their live shows. But the um, Boyce Avenue was that I would definitely consider them the most successful of the. YouTube artist yeah. to where you know they don't necessarily, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, you don't necessarily need the radio, Mm-mm. but they haven't needed their own songs, even though they do have a couple of albums of their own songs. Yeah. Um, it's just the demand yeah. for their covers. Yeah, as you heard at the beginning, and I, like that's what kind of blows me away. Like at the beginning of that song, they start cheering like it's their song. Yeah, <laughs> like they've been like, finally they played. You know, fast car, finally. Um, and that's how big they got on YouTube to where they were able to put these videos out like they were their own songs and they were able to get returns, viewership, profits, I'm imagining as well, yeah. like it was their own song. And it was just like, why bother doing your own? I mean, they did their own stuff probably because they just they wanted to. But like, there's just not the demand there for their for their original material. Yeah. Um and this isn't the same as, um, you know, as a disclaimer when we with this discussion, this isn't the same as with someone like Justin Bieber being discovered on YouTube. Yeah. Um, that was someone who saw it and then brought the brought uh, brought it to Usher's attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Usher brought, you know, brought him to the mainstream. Yeah. Um, they've never left. <laughs> right, they've never left YouTube. They're still on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, looking at their channel here, their most recent, their most recent video 
was last week. <laughs> they did a cover of John Lennon's Imagine. Uh, so to kind of catch up on this with um, with a band like Boyce Avenue, uh, and they won't they won't be the only uh, artist mm-hmm. that we'll mention here, but basically there's been a, a genre of YouTube in which um, musicians would do covers, their own covers of songs um, in their, you know, in their own style. Most of the time it's going to be the, an acoustic version yeah. of a pop song. And, you know, if you do, if you do enough of those, you can land maybe some kind of small production or distribution deal to where Mm -hmm. those can be released as singles Mm -hmm. on iTunes or, you know, they stream on Spotify. Boyce Avenue is on Spotify. Um, And it became a a genre on its own to where um, people will release these videos on YouTube to where they're, they're very well produced and edited and, um, you know, if it's not them performing live and recording, it's at least, you know, a studio version still yeah. of that, of that cover song. And they're like, and just to, cause I, like you'll say, well, you say well done. They're well, very well done. Like when you look at where, like if you look at early videos and not just a Boyce Avenue, but like, if you look at like around, you know, I think I was, we were still in school when, you know, I was seeing Boyce Avenue, but like, you know, Oh six, oh seven, oh eight. Like those videos weren't the best quality. It was typically just them sitting in what looked like it was somebody's phone. Yeah, somebody's phone. Right, right when the iPhone came out or something like that. Oh, this cool, you know, this cool phone will take really good video. (laughs) (laughs) That was good video at the time. (laughs) Like it looked like they were in someone's basement. You know, like a finished basement because you know they come from money. It looks like, but like someone's finished basement playing music, and um. You know, and now you look at it, and it looks like a full-scale record company-packed music video. You know, complete with like you know, with um, I'm trying to like like flash like um, I'm trying to think of the the um the term that Michael Bay does it all the time with like light in the background. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called, but like it's it's complete with that. Like it looks like it was shot like with an IMAX camera. Like they're so well put together, and like they're just doing it themselves. <laughs> Yeah. Um uh they and the goal is I guess a lot of with a lot of these artists was to gain a following on YouTube. And on YouTube you can if you have enough following and you're putting out good content, mm-hmm. whether it's cover songs or comedy sketches or whatever, you can monetize those videos. Yeah. Um you can you can make money off of off of those videos. And with making money off of those videos and then you're able to sell your product in some kind of way, mm-hmm. you can make money that way. And then if you're going on tour, then you're getting money for shows. Yep. And then maybe the, if someone is buying your album, you can make money that <laughs> way. So they've been able to voice Avenue has basically been able to make a living being a YouTube artist, being a YouTube artist. And the reason why we mentioned them is I would consider them to be the best at it. Yeah. I, by far, they're the best. Uh, Probably, but because it's YouTube and because of um, kind of how hard it is to get a following, you could say, well, maybe they're probably more successful because they are they were first. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of artists have followed suit in trying to um, repeat this formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone like an Alex Goot yeah. or Keena Granis. 
or um, Tyler Ward. Tyler Ward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there are a lot of artists. I mean, those are just some of the other big names Mm -hmm. as far as doing, um, as far as following this format of we'll do these covers of these songs. And, you know, if we make it well produced and we, we make it our own Mm -hmm. and it's shot well. Yeah. And it sounds good. Then, you know, people will come, will come to it and watch it. And then we can make money off of this. I feel like it's because of artists like this, it's a lot more commonplace now to where it used to be kind of like, it was a niche type thing, you know, like you didn't see every single major hit song did not have a cover, like a rock cover or an acoustic cover or, you know, something like this. Like I think back to the early, um, punk goes pop albums where like, you know, that was a novelty at that point, you know, like they released one every now and then. Um, and there weren't really many artists outside of that doing that. It got a little bit more popular as time went on, but there was never this demand for the music video to go with it, you know? And then all of a sudden you have a band like a Boyce Avenue come forward. Um, they start doing this. They start just kind of doing the performance based videos versus the music. Cause I think of, have you ever seen the, um, framing Handley, they did their version of Lollipop. Yeah. So that actually had a full, like, actual music video to it. Like, they tried to release it as a single. Whereas I've never seen, Boyce Avenue has never done a concept video. And I think that's where the difference. No, not, well, not with their covers. Yeah, not with their covers, I should say. Yeah. And that's, I think, where the difference kind of lies with, you know, the people who do, you know, the punk goes pop. Cause I feel like there, there's kind of a division there. Cause there are artists who still kind of stay in that vein. And they'll actually, with their videos, they're actually trying to make concept, you know, style videos, whereas Boyce Avenue's videos are really just performance videos that are just really fancy, that are just really well done. Like, they'll record it, and it's shot like a music video, recorded like a music video, but it really is the basics of what they've been doing for the past 10 years, which is just performing the song. And it works because they're shot so well. Like, they've just, they kept leveling up. I remember uh, me and Matt were... Like we um we kind of got off of Boys Avenue for a little bit, like and like five years later we looked like holy crap they got better cameras, <laughs> they got a better they got a bigger budget and like you know it was literally it felt like overnight which I'm sure it wasn't you know but like it almost felt like overnight they were making these really good videos and then they started collaborating you know they started bringing the Chrissy Costanzas and the Alex Goots and all those people and and Kobus um, who was a drummer who got famous. <laughs> They started bringing them and they just started collaborating on these videos together. And that's just when it, it just took off and it just, it, it got a, it became a life of its own. So like was, so I know like for me, Boyce Avenue was the first I'd seen, were they the first you'd seen too? They were the first I'd seen to where, you know, even with their early videos, when it looks like it was just done on like the original iPhone, <laughs> um, it looks like that's what they were aiming for. Yeah. They were still trying to go, they were still going that route. And then they got better cameras. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what it was, what they were trying to turn this into. I thought, okay, maybe they're trying to get signed and then they have their own material. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they just kept doing it yeah. and they're coming out with a lot of covers. Yeah. And, and then I, and then there was a video I saw, it was a few years ago when I saw that they were, they were, um, there was a live show in, in like Ireland or something. Mm-hmm. So they are traveling. They're doing like, world tours in Europe and Asia. Yeah. And these are like sellout crowds. Yeah. Tens of thousands of people are coming to see them. 
and it reminded me of uh, like uh, the episode of Full House with Jesse and the Rippers had the, I was their, say, shout out to them. <laughs> their hit song there's it became a hit in Japan yeah you know so um, it just reminded me of that and there's a lot of artists that there are a lot of American artists that some of us have never heard of that uh, are very successful in other countries outside of America. Yeah. And reading here, Lewis Tomlinson of One Direction has been a vocal fan of Boyce Avenue. And in January 2012, they opened for One Direction. Like, because I remember the first video I saw of them live was in the UK. And they were just playing a cover of Wonderwall. And you would have thought it was Oasis. Yeah. As crazy as they were going for these people. So they've, I mean, like, and I imagine like, you know, there probably was that at the beginning, hey, let's just do this, get some views, and maybe we can get enough buzz to get signed. And I think they probably saw that like, hey, you know, we can just do these covers on YouTube, make money off of YouTube, and we don't have to do our own songs. And these songs are probably, I'm sure they're easy for them to record. They're, They're competent musicians. And they do everything acoustic. Yeah. So, like, they can probably bang out an album. Like, I mean, how many albums did they have out just this year? <laughs> like, it was something ridiculous. Um, let's see here. So, just this year, they've released... One, two, three... Four. Four already. And it's just July. <laughs> <laughs> they could... So by the halfway point, they've released four albums. They could go, they could release eight. And of course they don't have to write anything. They just have to be like, you know, and since they're doing them acoustic, they can do the latest. Like they don't have to go in there and worry about like arranging a full band. They record everything themselves. Yeah. So they can, you know, they can do literally the latest, the latest covers and still be, you know, still be relevant. And to look at this, like to give you guys an example of what they've done, um, Recently, let's look at their cover sessions, volume four. Uh, they have more than four volumes, but um, <laughs> so these are the songs that they've done. Uh, Say You Won't Let Go. I don't know who does that song. Uh, the Greatest. I know that's Saya, mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar, Castle on the Hill. That's Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Don't Want to Live Forever, Taylor Swift and Zayn. Mm-hmm. Shape of You, Ed Sheeran. Um, this the, with the other titles I know, they did Katy Perry's Change to the Rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Want It More. Is that tonic? Yeah, it's tonic. Know. Yeah, I've listened to it. They've done Despacito. <laughs> Passion Fruit. The Passion Fruit by Drake. Um, in case you didn't know, I'm not familiar with that title, but they're going to do, they're doing the latest pop songs. That is the, that's part of the formula for a successful YouTube artist. If you're going to do a cover, if it be the, if you're doing the latest pop songs, and if you do covers of other songs, that's fine. Of older songs, mm-hmm. that's fine. But the more you can do of the current, yeah, popular songs uh the more your the 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 quicker you can grow a fan base yeah and it's it's also just it's important to i imagine there's a little bit of prediction in there as well um especially for the bands that you know are on youtube that do full band covers i imagine you have to like have a good eye for like all right this is going to be the hot song let's cover this one um because you know they're doing a lot of them are doing full song full band full video like you want to do all that and then the song's a flop because <laughs> then you just wasted all that time doing it. So I imagine there's a little bit of having to have a good ear as well on what's going to be big. Yeah. Um, 
you know, if they're going by, okay, these songs are popular on the charts, let's get these, you know, let's, um, let's do this song or, you know, they have some collaborations, mm-hmm. um, like, okay, well, what can we do with this? What can we, you know, what song can you do? We can do, you know, one or two of these songs and two of their most famous collaborators, uh, <laughs> a lot of them are other YouTube artists, but mm-hmm. on their last cover collaborations, volume four, I think they have more than four volumes of that too. <laughs> but, um, uh, Sarah Highland, who you may know, uh, from modern family, the sitcom, <laughs> uh, they did a couple songs with her. Um, they did, uh, they did closer, which is the Nickelback of EDM <laughs> and don't want to know by, um, Adam and the Levines. <laughs> um, and I think they've also done a song. I feel like they did a song with like, with like Fifth Harmony. I wouldn't be surprised. Or some girl group. Wouldn't be surprised at all because I'm seeing on the last one. Um, so like B, B. Miller, Leah Marie Johnson, both YouTube stars. Um, from the cover collaborations, and then if you go even further back to look at the other one, um, where did it go? Cover collaborations, Volume Two. I think this is where they had more. Yeah, they like did. Uh, Ward, they did um, mirrors. Justin Timberlake and When I Was Your Man by Bruno Mars. They did yeah. that. They did those with Fifth Harmony. Yeah, who is a, a, a you know like an actual signed you know making a lot of money. Yeah, on the Billboard. So it's like you know they've got pull as well. Well, that was back in 2011. So was it 2011. That may have been right before they oh, hit it big in America. Okay. Yeah, that was before they blew up. Before they blew up in America, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, they do have uh, some. They do have a, a positive reputation, at least, with uh, with established artists that are on the radio or have music videos that are like concept and millions of dollars are spent on. You know, <laughs> so they do have that kind of, of reputation, a respected reputation among other artists. Um, what what trends have you noticed been as far as the other artists who tried to follow this formula or just trying to, well, let me go through YouTube and see if I can make money off my videos and then turn into some kind of record deal or, or something to the um, to even kind of approach what Boyce Avenue has accomplished. They're only in it for the money. No, No, so what I've noticed, honestly, is like a lot of them are trying to either be a carbon copy or they're trying to be a little unique. So the two that come to mind um, are Alex Goot and Chrissy Costanza slash Against the Current, which is kind of the same thing. Against the Current is the band. Um, Chrissy Costanza is the lead singer who is kind of um, almost become a Haley Williams or a Gwen Stefani before they got signed. Like it's already like, you know, people are trying to separate them from their band. Um, Alex Goot really kind of took almost a Ben Folds route. Like he did covers only, he only played piano. Mm-hmm. Um, Chrissy Costanza and Against the Current played covers, but they were, I mean, she sounds like Haley from Paramore and, and they were kind of more of a Paramore style band versus a, Tyler Ward, who I always felt was doing an imitation of Boyce Avenue. Everything he did was just straight acoustic and like maybe like a hand drum of some sort. Well, let's give an, an example of something like something with Alex Goot. What is a, a like a cover that may have stuck out to you that he had done? Oh, man, let me take a look because it's, it's been a while since I've listened to Alex Goot. Um, I did like his 
And I guess this was more of a collaboration, but the collaboration he did of Find You, um, the uh, Zed song. Okay. With Against the Current. So we'll play a little bit of that to give you an example of, of what he's done. And so if you listen, he's not as good of a singer as they are. <laughs> so he kind of relies on, like, he has a goofy kind of look, you know. Yeah. He looks quirky. <clears throat> and um, and then, of course, he brings her singing in. I swear there's some songs on here on where she sings. She's doing her best Haley Williams impression. <laughs> So this is a little more, I'm looking now to see, look at him again. This is a little more, um, what am I trying to think of here? This is a little more synth heavy than he normally is. Most of his stuff is just, so like go to his, um, play Counting Stars. I believe that's a little bit more characteristic of him because it's just him by himself. Um, and there's just a little bit more piano. And it's another song Chrissy Costanza, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's from Alex Guten Friends. Okay, now now I found it. This It's from the album Songs I Wish I Wrote. That was his first one. And like, even, even if you get a chance to look at the cover, it's just him looking quirky. With his bushy hair, those glasses, the Buddy Holly, Elvis Costello glasses. And like the thing about him, I think as well, he he sounds and and he's even when he performs the songs, they sound quirky. Like there's not a ton of rhythm to them. Like he can take a song with a ton of rhythm and take and all the, take rhythm, the rhythm, rhythm out of it, take all the syncopation out. Like he just doesn't know how to do it. Which I will tell people right now, that's a thing. That's a real thing. I don't think people realize that everyone can't play with syncopation that comes with soul. Um, like I noticed like with the drummer Kobus, who is an amazing drummer, probably one of the better drummers I've ever heard, you know, made cut his teeth in you know, as a session musician and um, you know, got famous playing covers on YouTube and adding his own little flair to them. Sounded amazing on the rock and metal. But when it came to playing, you know, like R and B, funk soul, just did not have the feel. Drummers are with uh, with Alex Goot. Um, on his songs, I wish I wrote series. <laughs> uh, he did a cover of PYT. Yeah, and, and just just sucked all of the funk. <laughs> um, let's see if we can find if I can find that one because uh, that's definitely an example of um, songs that he. Um, okay, might be the next one uh, of a song that that has a lot of that has some some funk. Some volume three. Yeah, okay, here we go. So it has some funk, some soul. I mean, even though okay, yeah, Michael Jackson it is a pop song, but still mm-hmm. you you can feel it with the original version and then with, with someone like Alex Goot it, it it's almost an elevator music. <laughs> it's kind of feel <laughs> Yeah. 
and he and you know he probably loves the song. <laughs> yeah. But this is just the best way he the easiest way he could play it, you know? And it's so and it's like um it's kinda like with the the sample of this documentary where they're talking about how uh, how uh, Mike Melbourne was talking about how Jim Gordon plays yeah. on on rock songs to where uh, he would have a little like it was like more jazzy, yeah. but even though it was still a rock song, mm-hmm. while with other drummers it was so straightforward yeah. that it sounded kind of stiff by comparison. <laughs> this is another example of stiff being by stiff by comparison as far yeah. as the cover goes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we we understand you're a fan of Michael Jackson, but please no no more Michael Jackson. <laughs> or unless unless you have the dumbest fans mm-hmm. who think you wrote this song even though it's on an album called Songs I, I Wish, Wish I, I wrote. wrote. Would this would this classify as, as a as a Pat Boone esque <laughs> Not for the same purpose, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because he wished he wrote it. You know, he wished yeah. that he wrote it. So there's that respect being paid to it. But yeah, so that's that's that quirkiness that he has. Um, and he's almost like, I. this is just what I would hear if Ben Folds just straight did covers. Yeah. It, they'd be heavy piano rock. Um, and it'd be songs that he grew up on. So probably a lot of stuff from the 80s. Because, you know, when he even... Um, when in Rock in the Suburbs, he, had, of course, alluded to just like Michael Jackson did, except he was talented and <laughs> quiet riot. And so, like, you know, he I, I feel like that's what we get from Ben Folds. Um, and the, the thing is, that what I also want to get into is with some of these covers, like what we've played are like, you know, pop songs. Maybe they're in your range. Maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. But you're still able to make them your own. And. You know, if people listen to it for this first time, like, oh, well, you know, I like his version of that song, you know, that he did a good job on that. But then there are some other songs to where um, I got to <laughs> I'm going to find one for you to where it's like, why did they do that song? Why? Why? Why is there a cover of that particular song by these people? You know, <laughs> and of course, um, I'll be talking about something like this. Wait for it. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. See your pretty face soon as you came in the door. I just want to chill, got a sec for us to walk. Married to the money, introduced it to my stove. Showed her how to whip it, now she remixed and follow. She my trap queen, let it the bed. No, this is, um, this is the version that you can use for your first dance at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Like that trashy couple that's like, I want to first dance to Trap Queen. Well, we can't dance to the regular version. It's too upbeat. I just, I could totally see someone dancing to this. I'm not going to lie, Greg. This is beautiful. (laughs) Like, this is like... (laughs) I need to hear some strings. You should look up the version of... um... So, like, honestly, I... And to, to let you guys know, I totally picked that picked that version at random. I knew there were a lot of covers of Trap Queen out there, 
So wow. I was like, let me just pick one at random because I know it's going to be by one of these. So YouTube I know artists. it's a different genre. And this is a uh, this is Josh Levy, uh, who is black. Oh. <laughs> so I know this is a different genre, but I think this was born of the I don't know if you remember DJ um, DJ Sammy. Yeah. The oh, heaven, heaven candlelight. The I candlelight think that's remix. where this was born. People are like this. They just started making candlelight versions of everything. <laughs> Like even songs that were slow already. So like, of course, you've heard um, "Ordinary World." Somebody recently has done a cover of that in this style, where mm. it's just slowed down. It's just like that song's already a ballad. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need to make it even slower. Um, yeah, and so then people, of course, found out that you could do that with, and like honestly, someone like um, Fetty Wap. Since he's so sing songy, yeah, his songs just he to lends, where you, you can know, if you, you can cover the song you can just sing it. You can sing it. It's got clear chord progressions and chord changes. Yeah, you could easily, <laughs> you could probably do that with his other songs because they're so sing songy and have like clear defined chord progressions. Like those are the easiest songs to do it with. Uh, some of the some some covers like I found are like, man. um why would that person do a cover of that song and then try to make it, try to force it to be an acoustic version? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, I know people feel different about Azalea Banks now, <laughs> <laughs> but at the point where she first came out with the song 212, okay. there's an acoustic version, a guy singing an acoustic version of 212. Mm. I, I'm going to see if I can, I'm going to see if I, I can find it. I put that up there with the same in the vein of the people who covered whip slash Nene. Like you didn't need to cover that. Like you didn't need an acoustic version. Why, of that. why, why are you giving us a, it's a, it's not, that's not a song anyway. It's first, not. It's first a, of all, it's a list it's directions. <laughs> so this is, yeah. Okay. This is a cover of two, one, two by Wouter Hamel. I'm guessing. And I can also trace these exact type covers. There's um, there's a guy who did a version of AO Technology. I think his name was like Milo or something like that, or Milo. Him and the guy who covered Hey Ya, Matt Weedle. Like I traced this well, back to Ob- them. Obadiah Parker. Obadiah Parker, yeah. Well, he Matt did. Weedle was the singer, but yeah, Obadiah Parker. It was his, yeah. Like I traced that back to them. And honestly, as someone who used to play bar gigs acoustic yeah this is it i still remember the first time i heard this now this was this was the first of its kind i'd ever heard and i started doing songs like this because i'd heard this <laughs> because when you're at a bar and not to make this about race because i'm not about that normally but we went to the university of west georgia yeah and um like, Shout out to uh, Mellow Mushroom and uh, yeah. Gallery Row and yes. Corner Cafe. Corner Cafe, <laughs> Rome Street Tavern, Z's, <laughs> aka Spyro. Yes. Like when you're playing some of these shows and like all you have is you and a guitar and maybe another person with a hand drum. Yeah. And the people want to hear, they want to hear rap. They want to hear hip hop. You're just like, how do I make this happen? <laughs> 
you start doing this. <laughs> Especially if you're like me and you can't rap. Cause I don't, you don't always have. And our friend Chris, he could, he could rap. He wasn't always there. So if I'm there by myself, it's like I can either make a fool of myself by trying to rap, or I can do this. <laughs> yeah, this was born in college. This was born in a small college town. Yeah, this was born uh, your your college coffee shop. Yeah, are you at the frat party and they're like, "Hey man, play some fitty." Someone someone always has a guitar. Yeah, and. <laughs> Once they finish playing Freebird and Wonderwall and Wonderwall, <laughs> <laughs> they would bust out something normally produced by Timbaland or the Neptunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll play that Nelly, man. <laughs> and that is why Nelly got on that floor, the um, Florida Georgia Line song. Yeah, because that was I mean, like I guarantee and I, you. <laughs> that is how Florida Georgia Line was born. Exactly. <laughs> they were born from stuff from, like this. Stuff like this. Yes. Those guys yes. look like such D bags. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen them perform live, but like no. they were, I saw them on Good Morning America's concert series. Um, they wore a Florida State and a Georgia jersey, so you knew which one was from Florida and which one was from Georgia. Hmm. Um, and then, like, the dude in the Florida State hat, Florida State jersey, wearing skinny jeans and Air Force Ones patterned after Florida State's colors and a backwards Florida State hat. Yeah, this is the product of. Yeah. Doing too much right there. Yeah. Yeah. They want to be rappers. They want to be rappers. <laughs> but they couldn't rap, so they had to get Nelly. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so what do you, like it's so it's it's frustrating to me mm-hmm. being being black and and loving hip hop and R and B and I always feel like with covers like that, uh with covers of AO technology like mm-hmm. that, like why? <laughs> I, I understand you're trying to be different. Yeah. Um, Did you have the video up too? Because the video's funny. No, because the video's got like it's it's him playing the guitar, guitar and like some girls dancing around him. Like it's an actual professionally <laughs> shot video, so it's kind of funny. Um, which makes me think he just did it probably because he liked the song. Yeah. Whereas you have a lot of people who, and I feel like I know where you're going because it appeases the crowd that's listening to it. Yeah, yeah. You, but to a lot of people, you're just like, you're like butchering it. Yeah, you know, it's neutering it. You're taking everything that yeah. made it unique, and you think you're being unique. You think like, oh, this is cool. No one's ever done this. And yeah, maybe the first time it was done, yeah, no one had ever done that. Yeah. It was, it's you're you're sacrificing the you're sacrificing its soul, yeah. so you could be mm-hmm. unique. Because at this <laughs> point, I don't think it's I don't think it's cool and original anymore. I remember the first time, um, you know, Chris and I did something like this, where we played a, a hip hop song. Like, we used to, as a matter of fact, to take it back, um, I oh, when the y'all first did uh, time, no, no diggity. diggity, yeah, <laughs> like that was edgy. That was like in two thousand four, two thousand five. It was, it was, it was cool at the time. It was different because no one had ever done it. Like it yeah. was like, oh, you're playing this song by Blackstreet, and like. You know, and it was also different. You know, the black guys playing guitar and the white guys rapping. Like, it was different. <laughs> now it's trite. It's been done so much that it's not, like, find something else. Like, why are we still, and now what gets me up, I shouldn't say what get, gets me upset, but, like, what kills me is you'll have serious artists doing this. Yeah. So it's no longer just the dude at the frat party. You'll have Civil Wars, <laughs> whose actual serious folk act covering songs like this. They did do a cover, well... 
is not a hip hop cover, but they did do a cover of No Ordinary Love by Sade that I mm-hmm. actually like. And they've done some decent covers. And I mean, honestly, I don't know if they've ever done a rap cover. I think the closest I've heard them do was um, Billie Jean, which was pretty good, actually. But like, you'll have like, if you ever get a chance, hop over to the acoustic playlist for Spotify of acoustic covers. And it's actual serious artists who put out, you know, like actual serious folk music trying to make a quick buck. Like by doing a cover of a song, they have no business to get covered. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think what I feel like the fray did something like that, too. I don't know. To where they did a uh, a cover of a of a hip hop song, but they did it like the fray. Yeah. And they're really <laughs> and, and it just sounds kind of strange. And some of these artists, too, they're very lazy um, adaptations. They're very lazy. Nothing against Milo, but like there wasn't anything crazily creative about that cover. They did a cover of the Fuji's Ready or Not. I want to hear this. Wait, let's <laughs> this. I never, I've never heard this. All right, this is Ready or Not by The Fray from an EP they made in 2012 of covers. Um, also, it also includes uh, Maps, but I think it's the Yeah, Yeah, Yes Maps. Oh, That's a beautiful song. And. Um, Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. But this is Ready or Not, their cover of the Fugees. Uh, it sounds like they're trying at least. Oh, he didn't put the background. Oh, oh. <laughs> I think a lot of these covers, too, are born out of people, like, they probably play them at their concerts, too. Yeah. So do you remember, I feel like probably one of the more... Um, early famous versions of of someone taking a hip hop song and watering it down. Chris Allen on American Idol, like that was one of the first times I was really aware of it. So what did he do in there? He covered Heartless, which was kind of a song that you sing anyway, but like he did that, and it ended up, ironically or not ironically, on a lot of um, pop and adult contemporary stations, it became the, like the default what they'd go to. They wouldn't play Kanye's version anymore. They play his version. Oh, it's on his album, too. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting because it watered it down and kind of made it more palatable for an audience. Granted, I'm a fan of Chris Allen, so maybe I like to think this was an instance of him. He liked the song or maybe they were like, hey, man, you did it on American Idol. It blew up. Put it on your album. But like it was that was one of probably one of the first times I kind of like. Like I recognized, I was like, yeah, this is more palatable for the audience, for his audience. A song that they might like, but like this is a more relatable version of it for them. This kind of sounds like one of those. If he if he screamed at all, yeah, it would have been on the pop goes pop. <laughs> That's or, oh, pop excuse goes me, excuse me, is. excuse me, punk goes, punk goes crunk. Oh god. <laughs> All they do is scream on those things now. Yeah. Um, I wish now I wish they would make YouTube videos. That would be cool if they did. I don't know why they don't. 
because they release one every now and then and like there's a lot of artists out there who will do heavy versions of songs and make videos to go with them i think with um in the case of a voice avenue or or alex goot i think they just know a guy who can uh who just graduated film school but he he's he's good at what he does he's good at shooting stuff so they get him he has a really nice camera he gets stars <laughs> yeah so um and i've also know. noticed like what a lot of these artists some of these artists will do so like Boyce Avenue Alex Gu people like that i think they've resigned to just know i'm just going to do covers but i think other people take the mentality of and honestly, this so well with that. Voice Avenue and Alex Scoot do have their own original material. Yeah, but I I think they understand like we're not gonna. This isn't our bread and butter. Yeah, the the bread and butter are the covers. covers. Yeah. Whereas you have some artists who I think, and this is kind of the other half of the YouTube cover artists. They look at someone like a Alien Ant Farm. So like honestly, I believe if Alien Ant Farm were to have released Smooth Criminal now, it would it would probably rival some of these other videos on YouTube as far as like views. It'd be in the hundreds of millions of views because it was a very funny video for its time. They're poking fun at Michael Jackson, that little kid that was dancing at the end. Like that video would have been huge. Like you would have had memes. You would have had people imitating that little kid. There were just a few years too. Well, not a few years, like 10 years too late. There was still a hit at the time. It was a hit though, but like I just, I just imagine like it would have gone viral had they released it and they probably could have done it without a record company. Honestly, um, and so I think a lot of people, and I honestly, I use something that Chris told me with the band he was with, where they didn't want to do a cover because of what it could do to you. Like they use a alien ant farm as an example, they covered smooth criminal. They only had one other hit movies, which was not as big as smooth criminal. Yeah. And that's all they're known for. And there was a record person who was like, Hey, I can get you guys on a tribute album. Just cover this song. And everyone in the band was against it because of what the implications could be. I think now you have a lot of bands who are like that now who are like, I'll take it. Like any fame is fame. Like, so they're covering these songs doing, you know, these videos. And then at the end of the video, they link their original, like they'll stop the video, like the video, the song will end and it'll go right into another song of theirs. And they're like, to see this video, click here, trying to direct people there. So I think people saw that as, even though like it, only band I can think of is Alien Ant Farm. Like it's never worked really for anyone else. So like it's like all these bands are like, I'm gonna try this, we're gonna try this, we're gonna try this, and it's not working. But people still do it. <laughs> and some bands also try to. Um, well, before I get to that, one thing that <clears throat> that can hurt as far as the as doing these covers is if all these YouTube artists are covering the same song. Yeah. Like when somebody I used to know came out. Oh God, everyone. <laughs> Boyce Avenue has one too. Um, I yeah. think Alex Goot did his own. Tyler Ward did his own. Probably thing. ATC like, did their own. They're you know? the same people. They're like the, doing yeah. the same song. They're all doing the same song. Um, so that is where you're not being unique is yeah. <laughs> if you're all doing the same song, but part of the formula, as we mentioned, part of the formula is doing the popular song. Mm -hmm. But if you're all doing the same popular song, you're just going to get, I don't know if there's there any competition. Are you trying to outdo the other? 
or mm-hmm. but not even in any case to where you're trying to outdo the other or you're trying to do it in a different way. They kind of all sound the same too. Yeah, There's the did. same kind of cover. Um so that is I don't know how important um song choice is. I mean, it's supposed to be popular, yeah. you know, to to stay current, but are you even trying to do it in your own way or mm-hmm. You know, are you just doing it because if someone is going to search on YouTube, you know, um, this is what you came for cover and you're and, you know, you're just being the search results and someone may click on yours and someone may click on someone else's. So another thing, too, I've noticed that kind of became I wish I could think of who did it first, but um, playing all the instruments in the video, it's like, you know, like multi-tracking. Pomplos. Think really think so? Okay. Uh, well, that's the that's the first one that comes to mind with okay. Pablo Moose, to where um, they played all the instruments, and it was the way that they made their video is it was a clip of them recording yeah. while they were playing that particular instrument. Because I'm not only thinking of that too; I'm also thinking of the people who, um, like the guy who will record himself playing everything himself too, and yeah. like he'll he'll track it and. I, I I almost feel like that's a genre in itself, like having those type of videos where it's like you know it's basically well, focuses on the artist like that too. Yeah, yeah, because he does play a lot of his own stuff. Yeah, um, and I, yeah, I feel like that's almost its own genre, um, and like of course you have the imitators <laughs> who try to do it and just don't do it as well, and I, and I guess really that's kind of like a big thing here. Like you have the originators and then you have the imitators who will come along and try to do it and just, they just don't do it as well. And it's maybe it's because, you know, they don't have the same respect for it as maybe a Boyce Avenue did or, or an Alex good or, you know, against they don't have the, the same, you the know. approach definitely isn't the same. Cause yeah. I think with someone like a, a Boyce Avenue or, or Alex Scoot or even, um, or even Akina Grannis, they're doing songs that they like, Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to put, they're just doing it covered in their own way. Doing a cover song, I think one of the main ideas is to to where if a cover song is successful for you, then it, it's because you did it in your own way. Yeah. You put your own spin on it. Yeah. I, uh, but with others, they're just doing it because, you know, maybe it'll, it will go viral. But then you can mm-hmm. clearly hear that you don't really like this song. <laughs> and it's funny you mention that because I do think when you're when I'm listening to Boyce Avenue, I can tell the songs they really like the most. Yeah. Fast Car is a song they really like the most. That's a song they've been playing forever. You could I can tell that and I always assumed that they were just like three guys that did covers at a local bar. Because when I first saw them, there were three dudes from Florida wearing Florida Gators gear. Mm-hmm. I was like, they probably play college bars. And that's how they make their money. Later that's discover, where they started. They discovered one of them went to Harvard <laughs> Law. And it's like, I imagine that's where they got their start. And there are probably songs that they've been playing for years. They've probably been covering Fast Car for like 10 plus years. And to be to be even more specific, they have one of their many albums or mixtapes. <laughs> they have one called Influential Sessions. Like these are the songs that they they enjoy the most there's the ones they like the most and that's and that's why they uh cover them like on that they have dave matthews crashing to me mm. yellow by Coldplay, play by the google dolls everything you want drops of jupiter don't stop believing and if you could only see 
by Tonic. And in I remember seeing those videos and they would like have a description like this is why we like this song. We mm. enjoyed this part about it. We like this part. And, you know, we really enjoy playing it. Um, they're the only artist that I know of of the YouTube artists that will actually like explain something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is why we like this song. Um, you know, or this is why we, we play these songs and, you know, we do these covers when we play live or something like that. Like these are the ones that influence us the most as artists. Yeah. Um, you don't get a whole lot of that. I mean, you don't get any, any even from like hustle. popular artists. <laughs> yeah. It's a hustle for the other people. They're just yeah. like, how can we get a quick book? Cause I mean, hell, I even thought about doing it once. <laughs> I mean, just being real, I thought about doing it once. Just to see there is a, an famous. unreleased uh, cover song video of Clarity. <laughs> oh man, I forgot I did <laughs> that. Ben has done. Well, actually, it's on my it's on my webpage. I put it on my on BenWattStudios.com. Okay. Yeah, it's up there. Um, and then the unreleased version, though, that there's one that Chris did that was unreleased of Genie in a Bottle. Hmm. Yeah, in which he is he's it's like a workout theme like he's working out lifting weights and stuff but he's doing it in like a cheesy 80s style (laughs) it was pretty funny um they filmed it at kevin's and he's like i think he's like in the pool at one point it's really funny i wish they would release it it was pretty it's pretty (laughs) clever uh but i mean you you don't see a whole lot of of something like that Mm -hmm. even i mean you know it's understandable if it's straightforward it's performance based um uh, but the way that I guess it to be the most accessible is through YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear a lot of references to um, like, why can't I watch a YouTube video? And if it's for a song and then, you know, I press the home button to go back to my home screen and the song is still <laughs> playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think that's what the YouTube music app is yeah, now for. That's what that's for. <laughs> Cause they realize that there's that market. I just think they, they waited too late to do it. Like they had something and then the Spotify's of the world came along and Google play, which I don't, they're, they're all the same company. So why do they, it's like, they're trying to compete with each other, but still like other services came along and did it before them. But I think honestly, like if they could have got in right after like Rhapsody kind of, you know, yeah. went in the tank, they probably could have had, cause there was so much stuff on there that like, you know, like just, stuff that like could never make it to Google play that could never make it to Spotify. Like that electro funk version of that Taylor Swift song will never be on Spotify. And it's so good. (laughs) Oh, the one that, that, that guy, that guy did from like Uh, Denmark or something. Yeah. Andy Rayfeld. I think that's, yeah. And that's, (laughs) and so that's another type of person on, I mean, God, I forgot about them. That's a whole genre too, where this guy will, he'll either take like a like the Taylor Swift song, love story and completely remix it to be a yeah. completely different genre. It, it sounds like it was produced by African Bambada. Yeah. Let me see if it is. Because it, it got taken down a couple times. And then so. he also will take like, and like this guy is good. Like he plays all the instruments and he, the other one that sticks out to me is he has a version of Rolling in the Deep that goes through like three or four different genres in one song. Like it starts out like metal and then the verses are, it'll, it'll go like straight like jazz and not like, you know, I'm a shredder and I play jazz. Like, no, it's like actual real jazz, like the walking bass line and everything. And then go back into metal. Like, it's just. Well, we can play the, the rolling in deep that he made. Yeah. I don't know if you're, are you talking about him? Make yeah. that his version? Because then he also throws in like, um, 
he throws in um like Black Sabbath, a riff from Black Sabbath yeah. into, the, into the void. Like he's this guy is really good. So this is Andy Rayfelt. He has a uh, he has a YouTube channel, and this is his version. He calls it the jazz metal jazz metal version <laughs> of Rolling in the Deep. Um, and he plays right, here anything. We go. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got really good voicings in his chords. Yeah, he has these versions of like he's, he's yeah he's done that with Black Sabbath yeah. where he has the this yeah. jazz version. <laughs> okay, so I guess so the chorus is going back to metal. Yeah, the chorus goes back to metal. Then in the second verse, that's when he plays a Black Sabbath riff over her vocals. And then just it just changes on the dime. <laughs> It's, and that's somebody I have to respect. He's just so comfortable playing in all of these different genres or producing these different genres. Because I think he's also the guy who did like a Disney version of like Slipknot. Like you go. Like he just, <laughs> just fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I think he did like, he took like Wait and Bleed by Slipknot and made it as if it were on Radio Disney. Yeah. Like this. Um, he also has a smooth jazz version of Metallica's Enter Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> the, and the videos are funny, too, because if I remember correctly, this video is her performing it on some show. Yeah, it looks like she was performing on Letterman or something. And it's just like going through the different <laughs> genres and yeah. I can't believe I forgot about Andy. <laughs> I, used to, I used to live off of this guy's YouTube channel for a while. So yeah, that's on YouTube. That won't be on any playlist that we make, but yeah, but like we'll, you uh, can't might, get that uh, on Spotify. That. No, <laughs> we'll um, we'll put that on the on the website. And I've thought about subscribing to YouTube Music just to get something like that. <laughs> I guess I, I could think they do a free trial. Maybe I'll try it to see if it's worth it. Yeah. I think they do. Yeah, or there might be YouTube Red. I'd do that before I did title. <laughs> Speaking of, I, this might take us a little bit off topic, but we're about to come to the end of this discussion. Um, I know like a few years ago, while we were still at West Georgia, <laughs> we had the idea for uh, the Snap musical. I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, someone has taken that concept and kind of beat us to it. Uh, Dormitainment. Um, <laughs> they have a... They have a I think it's a web series or if it's a movie, I'm not sure, but it's called snap. And it's basically about a snap music rap group that only had one hit. And now they're trying to like, <laughs> they're trying to make a comeback. Oh. <laughs> um, they're like, <laughs> they, their song was called get money forever. It's like, what happened? We, we stopped getting money. <laughs> I'm going to check this out. Um, but I think it's on, uh, it's on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube Red, but you know you can do the free trial if you want to yeah. watch it. Uh, so yeah, but anyway, <laughs> um, is it too late for anyone to start doing YouTube covers and think they can hit it big? 
hit it big, yes. But it's never too late to stop. You know, go ahead and contribute to the zeitgeist. I would love to see. I love to see, you know, other bands. Like, I think, like, there's one person I can think of that came in late, Tara Bright. Um, it's a band. They do a lot of um, emo style, you know, emo metal core, whatever you want to call it, style covers. Probably inspired by the Punk Goes albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think they got into it, like, maybe three years ago. So you can still get into it. And I mean, they're not huge, but they're, you know, they're still yeah. a little I mean, popular. And still, if you get a following on YouTube yeah. and you're getting a lot of views, mm-hmm. you can make money off of that. But I don't think with we're advertising. I don't think we're going to see another to the caliber of a Boyce Avenue. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, you're going to be touring all yeah. around the world. I don't um, think we're going to see that again. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I don't even think time really has anything to do with it. Just like they're just really good at what they do. And it also helps you're not bad looking. So I think part of it, I think timing is part of it. As far as any video going viral, mm-hmm. it's well, all about time timing. As in like, like having been around for timing as in like, yeah, when you release it is important, but I don't, I like, honestly, I think like you could have voice Avenue come out today and I think they still do very well. Like I just, they just, I don't know. I mean like the videos would of course probably start out with better quality yeah. than they did, you know, the old iPhones. But like, I think like, it's just they just do really well. Like it's it's something they have it. I can't explain what it is, but they have it. To where like I want to listen even now, like I prefer to listen to certain covers they do over other covers that other people have done. Like their cover of Closer with Sarah Highland is really good and it's better than other covers of Closers I've heard. It's almost better than the well shit, it is better than the Chainsmokers version of Closer. You get a lot of that, but sometimes it's hyperbole as yeah. far as like, well, this is better than the original. Yeah, you sometimes know, it is, you know, yeah. Sometimes, not all the time, but mm-hmm. yeah, I understand that. All right, well, uh, that'll be the end of our discussion on this here. YouTube YouTube musician culture. Mm-hmm. Uh there are a lot more out there than we have mentioned. Yeah, we just uh, scratched the surface, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, you can just search for your favorite song and there's probably a cover of it by somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, maybe they didn't take all of the soul out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, bring it to our my earworm of the week. Uh, it was a and from an album that I mentioned earlier. Um. And uh, it's from, make sure I get the name right. It is from Funk Wave Bounces, Volume 1. Is that a good album? Have you been listening to it? Uh, I've heard just a couple of songs. I haven't listened to the whole album yet. Like, I'm obsessed with Slide. I love that song. (laughs) The song that I like from it is Rollin', which is Calvin Harris featuring Khalid and Future. Okay, okay. Um. And, uh, of course, it's on that new album, and uh, it's on the infamous We Lit playlist. Yeah, I feel like I haven't heard from that playlist in a while. <laughs> uh, well, actually, the song I had from the last episode, uh, Lose My Cool is on there, okay. Shut Up and Groove is on there, Mike Jack is on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so those songs are on um, on the We Lit playlist. But this is Roland, Calvin Harris featuring Khalid and Future, and uh, we'll be right back.
been finding 85. I've been thinking way too much, and I'm way too gonna drive. I got anger in my chest, I got milkings on my mind, and you didn't fit the picture, so I guess you want the vibe. I've been rolling on the freeway, I've been finding 85. I've been thinking way too much, and I'm way too gonna drive. is Roland by Calvin Harris featuring Future and Khalid. Um, if you are, if you're able to, I don't know, get some scout tickets or whatever, uh, Khalid will be at Center Stage Theater on July 30th. Uh, I, I just found out what Calvin Harris's real name was. Oh yeah, it, it, he has like another, it's, what is it? Adam Richard Wiles. Yeah. I was looking up you know this song and some other songs, and it had Adam Wiles as a writer. I'm like, let's see who this is. Calvin <laughs> Harris. Calvin Harris. Huh. I'm not sure how he came up with Calvin Harris, but yeah. But he created disco, so you know. <laughs> so that's just I love that album mm. name. It's the most arrogant album name ever, and he probably wasn't really being arrogant, but you know. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, so that'll bring us to the end of our program. Um, and of course, with that song and with uh, Sierra's Overdose, you can find that on our BTT YST Earworms playlist right now on Spotify. Uh, so, Ben, where can we be found? We can be found at by the time you hear this dot com. Check it out. It's a blog style website, so comment, stuff like that, you know, if you want to. If not, it's cool. Whatever, man. Um, we can be found on mm-hmm. Automatic. Cast box was it auto, auto auto radio auto radio auto radio um, tune in radio um, iTunes slash the Apple Podcast Player thingy majigger um, Google Play yeah go Google Play alright um, <laughs> dog um, you can also find us on I think those are the major ones there was one other one that we just started getting on. That was, was auto like, radio overcast overcast yes overcast another one of the um <clears throat> excuse me one of the uh podcast aggregate type things which are very useful um if you have um if you have android those are very useful so to my fellow android users i've not used auto um autocast or um what I auto radio auto radio i've not used auto radio or overcast but if they're anything like castbox you can just basically type in any podcast you can think of and it will show up. It's a lifesaver. Yes. Um, 
check us out. Drop us a line. You can find us on Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Still with the word you. If you want to find us on the stylish, fancier social media, you can find us on Instagram at by the time you hear this. Spelled with the letter U because... I almost said it. (laughs) We're upstanding. Yes, we are. Um, Same spelling for our email address at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line. Um, You can, you know, drop us a line on email, comment on our pictures. Um, You know, let us know who your favorite YouTube artist is, maybe. Maybe you don't like any of the people we named. Mm. Maybe you think that uh, Boyce have no bunch of posers. I don't know. Maybe that's what you think. If so... Say, tell us in the comments, you yeah. know, <laughs> hashtag yeah. my own favorite YouTube. That's a really long hashtag. That's too long. Yeah, that's too long. Hashtag better than Boyce Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to do that. Mm. I don't know. But, you know, looking for some interaction. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for our program. Uh, I mentioned this song before we began recording and I want I wanted to play their version to end the show. Let's do it. All right, so uh, I did mention before we started recording that Boyce Avenue has a cover of the uh, Friends theme song, I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. And that's how we'll end the show for our 50th episode. We will always be here for you to talk about. uh, No, that was really bad. (laughs) We'll be here for you. <laughs> we'll podcast for you. You can't depend on friends. They canceled. Well, or did they just go out on their own? They nerves? just went off the air. They went off the air. They, they were on for like 10, 11 seasons. You can't trust them, though. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, this is Boyce Avenue's cover of I'll Be There for You to end our program. Thank you for listening to 50 episodes, and uh, we'll be back for 51 very, very soon. Yep. Peace. Peace. So no one told you life was gonna be this way Your job's a joke, you broke Your love lost your way It's like you're always stuck in second gear But when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month Or even your year, well I've been there before, I'll be there for you, cause you're there for me too. You're still in bed at 10, and work began at 8. You burn your breakfast so far, things are going great. Your mother warned you there'd be days like these, but she didn't tell you when your knees that I'll be there for you when the rain starts to pour I'll be there for you like I've been there before I'll be there for you cause you're there for me too Rain stop.
Is it there?